What's good, people? Welcome to episode 8 of the Talking With Myself podcast. And we're still on this weeaboo trend. We're still going to talk about strategy in anime. I want to give a small little critique. It's rare. Well, it's not rare. It's odd to find good strategy consistent in anime that deal with fighting, politics, war, even romance. Oh, God, especially romance with all the fucking harems out there. But, yeah. So, Dra- Dragon Ball Z, um, Yu Yu Hakusho, those are examples where strategy is displayed once in a while. Effective strategy is displayed. Um, a good example of shows that have consistency with people learning or planning ahead or coming up with things to better themselves as battle is, like... As we talked about before, Rising the Shield Hero, uh, an older anime would be Hunter x Hunter. Uh, let's see, what else, what else? Sword Art Online, and that's just to name a few. But we're not going to focus on individual one-on-one fights this episode. We're going to get into the other aspects where fighting, combat, and strategy are well used in anime and also in life. We're going to go on to group battles, not so much wars, not yet at least. We're talking about like two or more people versus two or more people, or one person versus like a group. And a perfect example, getting back to Hunter x Hunter, is in the game arc where they're near the end and they play the dodgeball game. Now, this isn't a traditional fight, but it is a battle, and it's fucking epic. If you haven't watched Hunter x Hunter, that's totally fine. You can feel bad about yourself later. But the dodgeball scene is very interesting, very intense, because they're at the final stage of this little tournament thingamajigger. They've gone through everything else. They've gone through sumo wrestling. They've gone through boxing. And this is the last thing. And it's a whole group versus one guy, which is the enemy. I can't remember his fucking name. He's some purple motherfucker. And he's very powerful with Nen. And he makes duplicates to be his, to be his teammates. So... On the other team, it's four motherfuckers with one guy who has a similar ability on a weaker level that makes two, like, Nen copies. And it's just the one guy with fucking, like, six copies. And they just be, he just be wrecking them throughout. But it's interesting how it builds, how it starts and builds up and how it shows strategy. They, they display the rules, how dodgeball works in this particular scene. Players inside the field versus outside the field ricocheting like they cover all their bases which is very considerate and very well thought out because anybody knows how to play dodgeball not as many know like the core rules and even then even fewer would be able to use those rules to their advantage where it's like like they they learn the rules and then they bend them they don't break them because then they would lose they bend them to their advantage and it is bent to their disadvantage by the game master the purple motherfucker and it's fucking amazing. Now, throughout, everybody is using their Nen abilities and using their skill sets in ways that can help them. And new abilities are shown throughout, like switching out Nen users, like switching out the main Nen user for the Nen clones and combining Nen clones to take stronger hits with the dodgeball. People are, hide, are hiding their hand. They're not showing all that they can do because why would you? You won't. You don't show your enemy all that you can do because then he's prepared for you. 
And Matt's done with both the shock and awe, and later on, when it gives hints to characters' abilities in the future, i.e. Gon's full potential with the rock, paper, scissors move. And it also shows the limitations of other people's abilities, like Kilo's electrical abilities, where he didn't really do shit with them during that whole thing. And it's like, can't just make an electric ball, like, stun a motherfucker, and then he drops it, and it's good? Like, what the hell? I mean, maybe they could have used Nen to minimize the damage, but what the fuck? This dodgeball scene is a very specific example for different types of strategy to get different types of wins. Because they could have gotten a win by technicality, but they abandoned that goal entirely and tried to go for a win out of sheer, we are better than you, lick our dicks. That's why near the end, when Gon's trying to get the ball, but he passes out from using so much of his nan, they still would have won. But then Hisuka wants to be like, no, we're going to get this official win when he uses his bungee gum abilities and just like ricochets it back. He's like, ha ha, I caught you, bitch. It is at this point that I have to apologize for the technical difficulties. I was using the wrong mic. Now, thankfully, this is only four minutes in, and if you stuck for this long, I greatly appreciate you because I'm not spending all that time recording that crap. It was a massive brain fart. I'm glad I caught on to that. And where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, strategy. So group strategy is... Legitimate group strategy is rare to find in fighting and action animes, but it is not that difficult to find in sports animes, which has been on the rise in the last half decade. With the swimming team anime, the basketball anime, there's a baseball anime, and now there's a skateboard anime too. So those are all prime examples of people strategizing, learning on the fly, incorporating techniques, all that other cool shit against opponents. Moving on from these group battles, we get into bigger scale battles like actual fucking skirmishes and wars between thousands of people versus thousands of other people with different types of troops, infantry, cannons, horse, uh, flying motherfuckers, Gundams, let's see what else, snipers, uh, magicians, Gundams, and um, tankers and tanks, and of course Gundams because this is anime. Now, Gundam max whatever the fuck you want to call them uh mobile suit gundam did play a lot of strategy into their big galactic space battles but that was also kind of mixed with whoever has the most wildest ass ability to take on the opponent sometimes it was the protagonist sometimes it was the enemy of the protagonist at the time it's, it's just classic like what anime be doing there are some animes though that did handle war with respect well not respect with careful consideration of how you would win it it's not always just i have the bigger cannon so i'm going to win my schlong is larger so i could just slap you with it and you'll fall it's not always like that in, in, in anime in the real world is a completely different thing but um no so a good example of this is Code Geass, where literally in the first couple of episodes, the main character, Lelouch, gets thrown into some fucking skirmish that's ha happening into one of the zones in Area 11. He gets some god-tier deus ex machina power, and then he comes out and gets a fucking mech, and he starts controlling other people who have mechs. Now, on the surface, he seems like a smart motherfucker, because you see him play chess, you think, oh my, he knows a lot about strategy. But then you get to the battle... And you can see him pulling off some simple things. He steals the enemy's equipment. He abuses the fact that they all have the same frequency and that they're all giving off the same signal. So he can intercept the enemy's communications while at the same time giving off feints, like shutting off their signals so that they don't show up on the enemy's maps. 
Now, to try to get into the technicality of how he's doing all of this right off the rip, even though he's never piloted any of these things his entire fucking life, would be way too much for me to do because it's Lelouch. He's fucking Deus Ex Machina plot armor bullshit. I still love Code Geass, though. But yeah, so <clears throat> he's giving off feints. He's also flanking enemies, coming them to come from a straight direction and then catching them at a diagonal angle. You can see it on the maps in the first couple of episodes. And he's also giving off these sly comments like N1 Mark 30 degrees and you'll continue your assault and all this other dumb shit. And he's and this is also on a broader on a broad picture, a clear sign of guerrilla warfare. He's facing a literal like world superpowers army and all he has is some stolen equipment, some rifles, some machine guns and a bunch of fucking domestic terrorist freedom fighting refugees, whatever you want to call it. And it's classic guerrilla warfare tactics, avoid and evade, flank, small versus big, so you have to keep picking off your enemy, and it's shown very well. Now, of course, in the same skirmish in episode two, Suzaku comes out with the fucking Lancelot fucking um, nightmare mechs motherfucking shit and just mercs them. Now, on the one hand, this is a clear sign of like the typical trope in animes where it's like, oh my God, we're winning. And then a brand new power up or a brand new transformation or a brand new ability comes out of nowhere and just starts wrecking the other team. And it's like, oh my God, we're losing. But let me try to defend this a little bit. So this this new fucking Lancelot thing comes out and just starts wrecking everybody's shit. But it's it's stated that it's a next generation of these types of mechs. It's the next generation. It's the next big thing. It's not just, oh, I have this one special attack or, oh, it's a brand new form that comes out of nowhere and you're not supposed to know what the fuck all this shit does so you just wing it but you're clearly way more powerful, yada, yada. It's explained enough where you can just look at it and be... Oh, yeah, this is better because A through Z. It's not like in Dragon Ball Z where Goku just went Super Saiyan 3 out of his ass, and then it's just like, yeah, I'm that guy. So, no, Lancelot comes out and he just starts wrecking them. Now, for all the strategy that Lelouch has, he can't, he can't fight against this. It's clearly a tactical advantage on Suzaku's side and a disadvantage on Lelouch's. He holds his own, he does what he can, but he's him and his whole group of freedom-fighting terrorists are getting mopped all over. And the only reason he survives is because he plays dirty. He shoots debris in the buildings to try to topple him over, but he's getting through. But at the same time, there was a civilian in one of those buildings that because Suzaku's a bleeding-heart motherfucker, goes and saves him, and then he gets to escape, and then he enacts all his other shit, yada yada. Now, that's in the, like, the first couple of episodes of the first season. Fast forward to the last battle in the second season when it's Lelouch versus Schneisel and all this other shit has happened where Schneisel is like a fucking terrorist and Lelouch runs Britannia. They have this big battle in the sky and it's made very clear what's happening. They have all of these different units. All of them are being positioned. In the first couple of minutes, they're just being moved around. Nobody's fighting. Now, the enemy like spoon feeds this and normally like all this shit is spoon fed and like people can figure it out for themselves. But in this point, it has to be spoon fed just to show the elegance and just to explain like, hey, we're not just doing what everybody else is doing, bitch ass motherfuckers. Now, of course, chess plays a heavy role in this because Lucian and all his other family played chess and his fucking father's pretentious little bitch-ass motherfucker who taught all of his kids how to play chess so that they know how to rule a kingdom. What does chess equate to being able to run an entire nation? I don't know. I'm not a, a king. But yeah, 
So it's explained that the moving of the positions is just like they're playing a mental chess game in their head. But at the same time, this is an important part of strategy. Where your units are in the battlefield matter a lot. Just like where your pieces are in chess matter a lot. You have to have certain pieces in certain positions to get the best advantage. And at the same time, plan ahead for future attacks and potential counterattacks that can work in your favor. Like, you can't just have a fucking rook in the middle of the field when there's, like, three pawns in front of it. You have no forward momentum. You have to move left or right, and then you can just get picked off because you're a fucking rook. Even though rook's, like, the second po most powerful piece in the fucking game, you have to know what you're working with. And that's what they do. They move their position. They move their units around, up, down, left, right, BA, start. And then they finally start attacking each other once Suzaku thinks, I mean, fucking Schneisel thinks that he has the upper hand. The YouTuber Kato goes into way more detail about the specific aspect of strategy, chess, and war than I can in this YouTube video, The Man Behind the Mask, How Lelouch Led with the King. It's a very interesting video, and it's some very good points, and I know a little bit about chess to understand what he's saying, but not enough where I could just be like, oh yeah, I totally figured this out the first time I watched this ep this uh, fucking anime. I didn't have to figure it out 50 times later after rewatching it 50 times and looking at this exact video twice. Another anime that does this pretty well is Saga of Tanya the Evil, which is, of course, Nisekai, and it's like World War II with magic, and you have to deal with aerial and different types of ammunition and magical resources, and then it gets into, like, the logistics, like, promoting, like, people, like, who to position where, the training of units, it's some shit. There's a quote by Karl von Clausewitz, an old long ago Prussian military general. War is politics by other means. And that's a segue into the next part of strategy in anime. Not so much the fighting, but the taking over, the politics, the economics, the how to gain control of a country, how to rule a nation. And once again, Isekais do this pretty well. Uh, there's this one anime called... Maoyu, the one of like the male hero and the female demon king, the scarlet eyed whatever. And um, yeah, like this does it pretty well. This isn't an isekai. Like nobody gets transported into another world. It's literally just another world with fucking demons and magic and shit. So the hero and the demon, they're destined to be together or they like try to be in a relationship. And in order to stop the war between the demons and the humans, they have to play politics. Now, this gets shown very well very early on. At first, they have to come up with new forms of irrigation because this is old-timey, middle-ages type crap where farming is super-duper important. Farming is, al is always important. Like, don't hate on farmers. It's where you get your fucking food from. Anyways... So they grow potatoes, or they teach people how to grow potatoes. They also teach people a different way of farming throughout the year to take advantage of the spring and summer times and to better prepare for winter. They also get into the finances and economics of dealing with city-states and small municipalities within a nation, who to appeal to and how to appeal to them. On the human side, dealing with the bankers and people of the church. And then on the demon side, you have all these other demon clans and all these subcategories of hierarchies and monarchies and different rulers of clans and how to cater to them like uh that one weird demon chick that the hero had to flirt with even though he's 
married, quote unquote, to the demon king and what nation and what piece of land to go to, what skirmishes to settle. Rarely in that anime do you see any actual big-ass wars. You do see, like, small little clips here and there. You do see the hero's friend, the knight, coming out and just whooping ass whenever she needs to, like that one ice village or whatever. But more often than not, they don't pay attention to that so much because it's not just wars that win over a nation or just fighting wars that stop the war between two factions again war is politics by other means but it, but yeah that's only if politics doesn't work it's only if diplomacy doesn't work so this shows the importance of diplomacy the importance of knowing how when and with what to convince persuade or intimidate uh political leaders and people in positions of power this is something that doesn't always get talked about in a majority of popular anime it only rarely gets touched on like in the devil is a part-timer where it only sort of mentions that the new inquisition and the church plays a huge factor into why the humans were going after the demon king in that anime granted this demon king did do some messed up shit and killed a lot of people but there's no clear indication of who started the war to begin with you just assume like oh demon bad humans good because of course but obviously there's more to it and the church plays a significant part in manipulating things to their advantage regardless of if it actually helps people or not and then you have the anime k where you have all these different groups with these different powers and there's leaders and they're all like fighting each other but at the same time they're not just fighting. They're trying to negotiate. The Red King is in prison. The Blue King is doing some other fuck shit. And then the White King is kind of like fucking up the structure of power. You can't just always whoop somebody's ass. More often than not, you have to parlay. Spice and Wolf is a perfect example of playing politics and knowing the ways of marketing and trade and economy because the main character is a tradesman or a trader, whatever the fuck it's called in that universe. And he learns of different materials that are useful in different cities, what's good where, what is in season. You have to be really knowledgeable about this shit and you have to know a lot of people in a lot of different groups in a lot of different categories. You have to know other traders, you have to know bankers, you have to know some guards, you have to like know people that are in the know and it's important. Might does not always make right, my friends. Well, sometimes it does. Like, I don't fucking know, man. All right, this is the end of episode eight. Please rate it five stars. Like, comment, subscribe. And now I'm doing this thing where I'm putting my email in the um, description box so that you can email me questions if you actually care to talk or suggest something for the episodes. Say you love it. Say you hate it. I'll take any input. But yeah, thank you for your time and have a great day.